What is your favorite class in school? Yes, ma'am. Music? Lunch. That's not a class. Math? Weirdo. English? Science? History? That was mine. I mean, music first, obviously, because y'all know me, and I took four music classes in my senior year. But history was my favorite class outside of music. My junior year, I took AP U.S. History, and I had an awesome teacher's name was Mr. Lind, and uh, really great teacher. Just loved having him. And uh, I loved history before that. Like, as a, I was probably about 12 when we went to Gettysburg, and I was all fired up about it. I'm, like, reading all the guidebook and all that kind of stuff. We took the, the guided car tour of the Battle of Gettysburg. And uh, just I've always loved history. Well, does anybody remember Hernan Cortez from history class? Hernan Cor- who, who was Hernan, Hernan Cortez? Somebody give me a summary. No, it's not Texas history. Somebody from Spain. Yes, he was from Spain. You're just guessing, aren't you? Okay. Yeah, you're actually not too far off. He was from Spain. He actually traveled uh, down to South America. Um, he might have been part of Texas history because I think he was in Mexico too, which is not really South America. But he was a conquistador. He was one of the Spanish conquistadors who traveled to the Americas, and he took over. The, he was part of the conquering of the Aztec nation um, or the Aztec tribe or whatever it was. But one of the famous stories about Hernan Cortez is that he... Uh, there was a point where he was ready to go forward. He's ready to keep going after uh, the Aztec Empire. And some of his guys wanted to turn back. They wanted to go back where they had gone before. Um, and in order to make sure that that wasn't going to happen, because he knew he needed all of his guys, he was going to need all the help he could get in order to, to accomplish this goal, he had them do what's called scuttling the ships, okay, which scuttling is to destroy the ship. Legend says he had them burn the ships, uh, which he did not actually have them burn the ships, but he had them destroy the ships so they couldn't go back. He's like, okay, you know what? We're going to do this thing, and that's exactly what happened. He did do this thing. Uh, If you're an old-school Stephen Chris Chapman fan, he wrote a song called Burn the Ships. He used this story in the first verse. It makes me happy. Uh, So that's Hernan Cortez. Hernan destroyed his ship so that he could not go backwards. Well, there's some stories like that in the Bible. Okay, in 1 Kings 19, and this is on the U version if you want to dig it up, verses 19 through 21, it starts like this. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw the cloak around him. Okay, hang on a second. Who is Elijah? What's the famous story about Elijah? Yes. He did. He got carried up in a chariot to heaven. That's true. That comes later. That's actually not too far after this in 1 Kings. What was the big story while he was alive? What was Elijah's big thing that he did? Coat of many colors? No, that's, that's Jacob and Joseph. That's, little, that's Genesis. Yes. Enoch also was carried up. Yes. Yes. Enoch also did not die. That's true. Elijah, what did Elijah do? What? Elijah melted the chocolate. Is that how you learned the story? He melted the chocolate? Was to melt the chocolate. That's right up there with uh, 
with with uh, Jonah going to Nirvana. Um, <laughs> but uh, okay, so yes, Elijah went on Mount Carmel and had a battle with the four hundred prophets of Baal. Called down fire from heaven, lit the uh, the altar on fire, and then he killed all the prophets of Baal. Right? He went on, and then yes, he did go into the desert and fast for forty days. That's also true. After that, he got all depressed. I preached on that last summer, but. Um, so that's Elijah. He's a prophet. And Elisha, Elisha is going to be like his apprentice, okay? So Elisha is going to be the next line, next in the line of prophets. So he said he threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat. And gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Okay, so we got Elijah. We just talked about him. We got Elisha, who's about to be his, like, apprentice. He's going to be the next prophet in line. Now, there's kind of three parts to this story here that in, in this process of Elisha beginning to follow Elijah. First things first, Elisha is appointed. Okay, Elijah comes up to him, takes his coat off, puts it around him. Okay, that's kind of like... Today, you might put on a work uniform. Like, Wes has to wear a shirt that says Wayne Worker. That's how they know where he works. he got a Wayne Worker wear shirt. Or when he's at the bowling alley, he's got the Diamond Lane shirt, right? When you work somewhere, a lot of times you wear a uniform, okay? Or, and so that's kind of what this was. He puts his cloak around and says, okay, you are going to come with me, right? So he is appointed, and, and, and that is what happens when we get called, okay? How many of you guys at some point at camp or somewhere else have felt God put a call on your life? Of any kind. It doesn't have to be a job. doesn't have to be called to ministry, but you've been called to, or maybe you did get called to a certain job, even if it's not ministry. You've been called, uh, you know, to do something else. But God put a call on your life. I know we talked on Thursday night a lot about that at camp, the Thursday night of camp. Because um, most of us will not be called to full-time, like, job ministry like I am, okay? Most of us will not be in that position, but we are called to minister. And so... Or maybe you got, maybe God put a certain person on your heart that you're to reach out to or a certain group of people that God wants you to reach out to. That's the call. That's what happens when Elijah comes and puts the coat on Elisha's. Okay, this is your calling. Okay, then you can get called all you want, but next Elisha has to accept it. Okay, Elisha accepted it. In verse 20 he said, then I will come with you. Anybody ever tried to argue with God about what he wants you to do? I have. I've done that. Y'all have, you know, my three years of teaching, I always joke, was my Jonah period. Because I knew I was called to ministry, but I was kind of going a little bit sideways, all right? I was kind of running alongside of it instead of in the call. And so he has to accept it, which is a big point because I can say to you all day long, you are going to do this with your life. Or I, I think this is, or even if I ask you something simple, I can say, hey, I would like for you to take the trash out. But until you accept that call, the trash is not going out, right? I mean, you have to accept that ability. If your parents say, hey, will you, will you please clean your room? Until you accept that, nothing is happening. Some of you are like, I've never accepted that one in my life. I've never accepted that one. I know uh, Diana was telling me that Telltale and Pumpkin's room is the cleanest room in the house, which I find really funny. But uh, she said they, they always have it clean. So uh, anyways, we have to accept the call, and that's what he does. He says, yes. I'm going to go say bye to my parents, and then I'm going to come with you. Elisha says, yes, I got this. I'm going to come with you. Okay? And then the third part, which is the, really the most important part, is that he takes action. 
Okay, what does it say he did? He went and burned his plow. Now, he was a farmer. He got 12 yoke, which means 24 oxen, because the yoke goes across two of them. So there's two of them. And so he got these wooden yokes across these two oxen, and there's 12 of these sets in a row, and then he's on the last set. So he's got these big hunks of wood, and he's got the rope and whatever else that's holding them all together. He's got 24 big oxen that are pulling him around as they plow this field. He lights the whole thing on fire. He lights right. He lights, He cuts up the oxen, cooks the meat. It says it says it in there that he cooked the meat and gave it to the other people. Like he was like, "Here, y'all, barbecue for everybody." He used the yoke for the firewood, and he lit the whole thing on fire, which is kind of awesome. Uh, at camp two, I got a little bit of wild hog. It was good. Raymond had some had some wild hog in the back that he had smoked for like ever, and it was it was pretty good. It was, it was really good. And so that's what happens here. He says, you know what? Barbecue for everybody. I'm burning this stuff. And the reason he burns it is because he knows God has put this in his heart. He's not going to go back to the old life. He says, you know what? God has put it in my heart. He's called me to follow Elijah and to learn from him. So I'm going to get rid of everything that my old life was, was a part of so that I can't go back. If, even if he wanted to go back. His crap is burnt. Like, he can't go back, literally. He does not have the ability to go back and start farming again because he has burned the tools of his trade. There's nothing for him to go back for. And i tell you what, it worked out for him. Okay, we already talked about Elijah, called fire down, 400 guys, all that stuff. You know what Elisha got when Elijah went to heaven? What did Elisha get? Anybody know? What did Elisha get when Elijah went to heaven? Jealous, did you say? He got his job, kind of. He says, it says in the Bible later in, in Kings, it says that Elisha got a double portion of the anointing that was on Elijah. So Elisha had, Elijah had enough anointing to call down fire from heaven and kill 400 prophets. Elisha got double that anointing. That's a lot of anointing, okay? That's what Elisha got. And, and he wouldn't have got that if he hadn't given up his whole life. It worked out really well. That's an that's a awesome anointing. There's a couple other spots in the Bible where something similar happens. In Mark 6, Jesus sends his followers out. He says, all right, y'all are going to go out, and you're going to witness, and you're going to heal people, and you're going to do ministry. Okay, he sends out all his followers. And one of the instructions he gives them, he says, if you go to a place and they don't accept it, this is Mark 6, 11, if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony to them or a testimony against them. So he's like, you know what? Those people that aren't having it, those people that are holding you back, wipe the dust. You don't even want the dust from their town on your feet because it's holding you back. I also find it interesting. Dust, what, how, in, how in your house, oops, how does something in your house get dust on it? It sits there, right? Something that never moves gets dust on it. And so that dust is representative of that. The dust is representative of something not moving, of something being stuck. And so he says, you know what, we got, you got to wipe the dust off of your feet when you leave that place because you don't want any of that residue on you. Okay, Paul, Paul writes, or actually we don't know who wrote Hebrews. Some people think it's Paul. But in the book of Hebrews 12, 1, in, in chapter 11, he's just given us the hall of faith. He's listed dozens of the, some of the most famous Christians in the Old Testament. And he says this in verse 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Now, we've all heard all, all the metaphors about running. There's like 30 of them in Paul's writings. But this first part here, let us throw off everything that hinders. Okay, what does it mean to hinder? 
to hold you back, right? The, the dictionary says to prevent from doing, acting, or happening, to stop. Okay, I found some pictures of, of people being held back. I found a dog. He's cute. I don't know what's going on there, but the dog is excited. Go to the next one. What's the panda? Oh, no, the little kid. I forgot about the little kid. He looks angry. Uh, go to the next one. That one's more entertaining. The panda's all fired up. Uh, Spock. Any Star Trek fans? No? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of there, too. All right, go to the next one. Timon and Pumbaa. Okay, and the last one, everybody's favorite TV show. Yes, psych. Hold me back. You should. Oh, psych is wonderful. Anyways, so that is what hindering is. It's something that holds you back from accomplishing something. And, and, uh, and there's something interesting here about, about hindering, about being held back. We do not only get held back by bad things. Okay, sometimes good things can hold us back. For example, in Psych there, we know Gus is good. We love Gus, but he had to hold Sean back or whatever that scene was happening. Because um, so often we try and leave a place, but we want to take a part of it with us. Right? Even though that may not be as good as what God has for us. He says, yeah, that's good. I got something better for you. You notice it does not say throw off everything that is bad. That's easy. Right? Yes, I should throw off drugs. I should not do drugs. Like, drugs bad, Bible good. We've got that. Like, it's easy to throw, throw the drugs off. Or, you know, it's easy for us to understand why we should throw the drugs off. Okay? But what about things that aren't so obviously bad like, like that? Okay? What about money? What about social media? What about friends and relationships and even extracurricular activities? Are those things bad? Not necessarily. They are if they have the wrong priority. When they get in the way of our walk with Jesus, they become something we need to throw off. God's been teaching me this with social media. I went on vacation, then I went to two camps. And at camp, I have no cell phone reception, so I cannot get on Facebook and Twitter. It is physically impossible for me to get on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and whatnot when I'm at camp. And so I kind of, you know, it helps me to kind of forget that attachment to those things. When I'm at camp or even on vacation, I was just so busy, I did not have time to be on those things. And that was kind of God's way of going, hey, you're focusing too much on those things. You know, you're spending too much time with it. Here, check this out. And so... Because something that is good can still hold us back. Taylor, will you come help me with something? I, I, I need some help with an illustration here. I want you to imagine for a second that God has called me to Mount Everest to minister to the Sherpas. Okay? That hasn't happened. But just, just go with me, okay? The Sherpas, they're the people that help you climb Mount Everest, okay? So God has called me to Mount Everest to help me minister to the Sherpas. But I decide I'm going to take all my instruments with me. So I'm going to take all my instruments because I love music and I love to play it. And instrument music is good. So I got my, my electric guitar and I got my trumpet. Okay. Here. And give me the other acoustic. Unplug the acoustic and bring it to me, please. So I got my electric and my, my trumpet and I'm going to get the other acoustic there. Okay. So I got that and I got this. I know, I'm going to try not to break my guitar. Here we go. Get it there. All right. Well, okay, and now let me my, my other uh, acoustic, the, the big one there. That one's empty. Okay, and my, and my amp, my amp. I need the amp. The big amp, yeah, the big amp. I'm not going to light my guitars on fire. No, ma'am. 
be a killer illustration, but no, I'm not going to let my guitars on fire. All right, so, so if I have all of this, and I'm actually still short two trumpets that are at home, um, uh, if I had all this, is it, can I count, can I count, or can I climb Mount Everest like this and minister to the Sherpas? If the Sherpas help me. But not likely, right? Now, these instruments are good. We know that. Okay, you can take them away now. <laughs> That's enough of that. Thank you. Yeah. These instruments are all good. We know we love music is great and praise and worship is great. But they're in the way of what I'm called to do in that illustration. All those things are good. They're all fine and dandy on their own. But if they're holding me back from what God, oh, and I didn't even pick up my pedal board. Like, I, I left, I forgot about that because it was down there. Those things are just going to hold me back. And so we can be hindered, we can be held back by things that are good in a vacuum. Yes. Okay. I wouldn't. That's the point. Sometimes we hold on to good things, but they get in the way of what God has called us to do. Okay. So we can do that sometimes. Now, here's another point I want to think about that verse. Go back to that verse, Wes. The throw off everything that hinders. Uh, Hebrews 12.1. Yes, that's the one. Okay. Uh, you notice that it says to throw it off. Okay. So it says to throw off everything that hinders. Now, if I take my, my shirt off here. It's one thing if I just, I'm not going to take any more than this, don't worry. If I take my shirt off here and I put it, and I just, and I just put it down, how easy is it for me to find that again, to get that? It's very easy. It's very close. But if I throw it, that's why I've got the heavy-duty iPad case. If I throw it, it's harder for me to get to. See, Paul intentionally uses that word throw because he wants to convey that energy. He wants to convey that urgency about it. Now, you can leave it over there. You can leave it over there. He wants to convey that, that energy. When you throw something far away, it makes it more difficult to get back. But when you just take it off, it's very easy. Be glad I didn't use, like, tearaway workout pants. If I'd had a pair of those, I would have used that for more something illustration. But I didn't have any. so And uh, I would have worn gym shorts under it, obviously. But... So, because if we take it off, we leave it nearby, or, you know, and we just leave it nearby, it's easy to come back to, okay? And then it's easy for that thing to get back in the way of what God has called us to do. The reason why we have to be very careful about this is because good things can distract. And, and you know, in the Bible, Jesus said that the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, which is true. We're going to talk about that in September. Um, we're going to talk about that verse a little bit. But the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And it's true that the enemy wants you dead, okay? The enemy wants you destroyed. But even more than that, the enemy, want, the, or the enemy will take you distracted. The enemy wants you dead, but he'll take you distracted. And the reason why is because either way, you're not doing what God's called you to do. If you're distracted, you're not on God's mission. And so the enemy will take that sometimes. So the question becomes, and here's the point as we begin to wrap up. What is hindering you? What is the thing that is, that is in the way that, that, that you need to get rid of, the thing that you need to burn? It could be something that's obviously bad, okay? You know, something that's an obvious de detriment to your testimony and an obvious thing that's in the way of your witness as a Christian. But the Lord might also show you something that may seem good. It may be something that is not bad on its own, but it's in the way. 
It might be a certain kind of music. It might be a certain kind of TV or movies that you watch or, or media that you're spending too much time or a certain social media thing that you're just giving too much attention to and it's in the way of what God has called you to do. Could be a friendship. Could be a person. Could be an activity. Maybe it's more than one thing. I know there, throughout my life I can think of several different things that have done, that have gotten in the way. And so the question tonight is just that. What is it that you need to burn? We're going to take about three minutes. I'm not going to talk. just want you to close your eyes and pray and allow God to show you something that is something that you need to get rid of. Each of us individually are going to just pray and ask God to reveal that to us tonight. Each of you has a small piece of paper in your hand. As the Lord continues to lead you in that, you can just write down whatever it is that God has put on your heart. Again, it may be a couple things you need to write down. That's fine. You can write those down and fold it up and come up here and put it in this fire pit. And I'm going to lead the way. Put mine in there. We're just going to make a little pile in the fire pit. Of all the things that have been holding us back from fulfilling what God has called us to do. Doesn't have to be something you tell somebody else or... I mean, if you want to, you can. If you want some accountability, you can tell somebody. That's fine. But but as, you, as God leads you and as God puts something in your heart, you just write that down and come up here and drop it in the fire pit. I think there's probably all of us that can think of something that we have put in the way of God at some point. tonight, just like Elisha burned the oxen and he burned the yoke and just like Cortez destroyed his ships so that he could not go back. Tonight we're going to burn these things. Don't worry, I've tested this. It's safe to do it in here. We're not going to make a, a very big flame. I already tried this earlier, so. And we're going to burn these things. Yeah, we're lighting stuff on fire. Everybody got theirs in here? Everybody ready? Now, while that burns, I want to, I want to, I want to make another point, and that is this. Burning that here is awesome. It's a cool symbol. You guys are hopefully going to remember that. But unless we take it home and, and really get rid of whatever it is, really make the effort, take the action to put it out of our lives, this doesn't do much good. Okay, some of you guys need to go home and make a phone call. 
Some of you need to say, hey, you know what? I love you. I care about you. I want the best for you, but right now you're holding me back. I said, you're going to have to be real honest with somebody. Some of you guys need to delete some stuff off your computer or your phone. Might need to change the DVR setting. Maybe throw away some DVDs or CDs if you still have any. You might need to, to throw some, some stuff away. Some of you, I don't even know. I mean, maybe you have been dealing with drugs and alcohol and nobody knows about it, but you got some stuff in your house you need to get rid of. Whatever it is, don't just leave this illustration here. Don't just leave a piece of paper in a fire pit. But we have to actually take it and throw it out, throw it off of our actual life, of our real life, or else it didn't, didn't really do anything tonight. Let's pray. God, I pray right now, Lord. God, that the things that are in our way, the things that are holding us back from you, Lord, they would be thrown as far away as we can get them, God. We would not allow ourselves the temptation to slip back into those things. God, the temptation to, I'll just do it a little bit. I'll just do this one thing. It will, God, because we know, I know from experience that that always leads back into the full-blown problem. God, I pray that you would give us the courage to throw them off with urgency and with, with expectancy, Lord knowing that we are going to be better for it, that our life is going to be better for it. God, you've promised us you have good plans for us when we're in your will. Those things can happen. But when we're outside your will, then we're outside of your protection and we can't, those good plans, we block them. So God, I pray that each student tonight, God, would take this home and apply it to their lives. God, that they would put you first above whatever the stuff is. And they would not be held back by anything, by anyone, by any object, any hobby, anything. God, whatever it may be, Lord, that you would pull it away from us as we throw it away. And God, I pray that you would draw us closer to you because of it. God, as we begin to prepare for school starting, Lord, let us be more on fire than you than we've ever been, more on fire than Thursday night at camp and more on fire than camp last year and more on fire than when we first met you, Lord. Let, us, let the fire inside of us grow, God, and not grow dim. Help us to feed the flames, God, and help us to be a light to those around us. Help us to be an example of how to put you first in our lives so that you can have your way and you can do your good plans. You can put those into action, God. God, we thank you. We love you. God, it's in your name we pray. Amen.